welcome back to Set the Table. This is episode 9, in which we are going to talk about character death in role-playing games. I am John, and with me as always is Jack. How's it going, eh? And uh, we're here to talk about tabletop role-playing games. And in particular, this time, we're talking uh, character death. Um, but like we have been doing, what have you played since last time? So, since last time, I have played in my 5e game with my Frightening Nerf Neblin Bard. Uh, we've done... Uh, she finally actually got to be a bard for... It's probably... It's happened a couple of times in the adventure. I shouldn't say finally. That's, that's not fair. Uh, but she got to get on stage and sing. So she... Uh, got this fabulous dress and almost rolled a nat 20 on her performance, which was, was awesome. Oh, and, nice. and set the whole crowd, uh, a buzz. She sang, uh, basically I've got her mapped out kind of as a lounge singer. So she did a lot of, uh, Eartha kit numbers. Uh, I want to be evil and the Cole Porter song, uh, let's do it. And so my uh, my group in Roll20 was listening to uh, my me playing MP3s of those songs that she was that kind of as background music as I'm describing what she's doing. But um, it was it was pretty good. She got to be a bard and and she's slowly kind of building up her. Um, basically, she's the party does jobs for the town guard. Right, that's kind of the way the adventure is is structured. Sure. Every ten day, they get a checklist and they have to do the stuff on the checklist if they want to stay in the good graces of the guards and make a little spending money. Uh, so, my character is kind of like, yeah, this this kind of sucks. I'm gonna get my own set of guards and do whatever the hell I want to do. Uh, nice. So that's what she's doing now. She's embarked on this whole. I'm going to build up my own little army and tell the guards to pound sand. Cool. So what did you do? Well, uh, as we are going to be talking about death soon, uh, my group had a big drama, big drama episode. Um, <clears throat> they are, uh, the, the bounty hunter warlock met with the mayor of this town a while back when he was, um, searching for his quarry of uh the so the player who's playing the warlock bounty hunter was playing a tiefling barbarian and so his new character is like met the group because he was hunting his old character and uh he passed through the last town that they knew that his old character had gone through um <clears throat> and he had talked to the mayor of that town since then that mayor's kids found him and were like, hey, uh, we escaped, but the town is uh, seriously messed up again and everyone was killed and please help us. So they're going to the town. Uh, they spend a day observing, chatting up a guard, gathering some info on on who the targets should be and, and who, who they're going to kill to avenge these kids' dad's murder and... Um, 
they decide that uh, Nana, our monk rogue infiltrator, was going to go in and murder the mayor uh, for ordering the death of the, the father that the warlock knew. Uh, so <clears throat> Nana goes in, uh, cover of night, great stealth checks, gets to the mayor's bedroom in his manor, and it's him and his wife, and he's thrown for a loop. And uh, he decides to silence the room, knock out the mayor, stuff him into a bag of holding, and run out of there, all while his wife was, you know, screaming in a zone of silence. So not screaming. Um, she got out, pulled him all the way out, uh, outskirts of townish, because the manor is sort of on the northern edge. Um, <clears throat> pulls him out of the bag, uh, bind him, gag him, and drag him about a mile through uh, soggy hills after midnight in the rain. And there, they orchestrated a pretty farcical trial um, by the bard Connie. And uh, between Connie, Venrin, and Athorion, after maybe 45 minutes of, uh, well, I'm supposed to do this for the Kingdom of East Castle, but I, the mayor isn't in service of East Castle, he's in service of a different queen, so was was war declared, and is he a prisoner of war, and all this nonsensical discussion about whether or not they're going to kill him. Um, and Nana decides to slink off into the shadows and get a sneak attack bolt off on the mayor from a crossbow right between the eyes, killing him instantly. Uh, the party argued for a while after that before a mysterious gust blew a monastic messenger um, into the party's presence, called for Nana uh, using her real name, and gave her a note before disappearing in the breeze mysteriously. Uh, the party was shocked, but um, <clears throat> concerned because Connie started to walk off because he was like, I don't know that I can be a part of this anymore if we're just killing people because kids ask us to. And there was uh, some extra arguments. Nana slipped away into the darkness and uh, Connie walked off to Tiny Hut himself somewhere far away, and the other two remaining members of the party found a slightly drier spot up a little bit of a hill as the rain stopped in the wee hours of the morning. Um, so I, the guy, uh, Dave, my player who's playing Nana, is uh, taking a break for a little while. He is DMing several other games and uh, is going to start studying to take his bar exam soon. So um, he's taking a break for a little while. He had a bit of an out there, which made some party members sad. Uh, and then Connie's little outburst was like a little bit of a sort of a moral, ethical quandary. Um, and so I didn't have anybody die. Uh, I, I've had people leave, and maybe other characters are, are taking a step back. So big drama for my group, um, and I think big drama is kind of going to roll into our theme here, because we're talking about player death, um, and we <clears throat> we came to, to do this episode uh, last time when we were talking about uh, player I'm, types. I'm going to have to ask for a, for a re-attack here. Um, I did play 5e, and I'm not playing 7th C yet. Uh, but my, I guess my second, I should have tacked this on in my my space there. No, that's uh, okay. But I am I am finishing up the starting point of a seventh C uh, second edition adventure. 
that uh, you you and I and a couple of other folks are, are going to start here yes. pretty soon. That will be it's... good. We'll be able to do our uh, our deep dive on Seven C, which will be which will be fun. Uh, I'm looking looking forward to the adventure. It's it's just it's such a different modality. It's it's a different way of thinking about an RPG and plan. So the GM in Seven C is much more uh, it's much more collaborative. It's a lot like uh, it's a lot more like Fiasco. Uh, so I, while I'm, I'm writing certain stories and I'm, I'm putting together some history for some NPCs, uh, I get to a point and it's like, oh, I have to stop. Like, this is where the, this is where the heroes come in and I don't know what's going to happen after this. <laughs> um, so, so it's, it's kind of, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I've gotten a whole story put together, uh, about an art school in Vodachi, uh, that is, the the proprietor is has kind of crawled into a wine bottle and and some other stuff is going on around him and should be a lot of fun and exciting. I I just I love the the so for those listeners who don't do the Seventh Sea World, uh, Vadacci is the analogy for Renaissance Italy. Uh, okay. So there's a lot of intrigue uh, and. And political manipulations and machinations. And We're just talking been... like Assassin's Creed feelings. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Okay. Um, the 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 setting for Seventh Sea is Assassin's Creed Two, uh, Princess Bride, Three Musketeers, Pirates of the Caribbean. Very cool. Uh, it's it's very very cool, and and the writing is. I had to read a bunch of. Uh, this week I've been reading, uh, I read the, reread the three Musketeers. Uh, I reread the Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's court, little Mark Twain, just to get my writing style and storytelling kind of in the, in the right frame of mind. So good, good little, uh, writing tip there. Um, Yes. Are, are we likely to face death in seventh C? So we can talk, we can talk about, I don't want to talk, I don't want to no. get into Seven C very much because I don't know a whole lot about it yet. But um... well, that's, that's kind of so. When we talk about player death, okay, um, my mind—you know me—I play lots of different RPGs. I'm not just a five E Pathfinder kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we look at player death, there's a spectrum of games out there where you are going to die. Sure. Okay, if you play Alien from Free League Publishing and you're playing in a cinematic, <laughs> you are going to die. Well, if, or people around, or everyone else is going to die. Right, most <laughs> of your party is going to die. If sure. you're playing Paranoia from Mongoose Publishing, oh yep, you're encouraged to die. Like you yep. should die in the funniest way possible because. You're a clone, and there are six of you. In fact, you can't get full experience points for an adventure if you don't. If you come back with all six clones, you don't get full experience points. Ah, uh, that's fun. Okay, you kind of have to die. You um, have to die if you want. If you want to get rewarded, you have to die. In um, ten candles, everyone dies by the end of the adventure. So yeah. that's uh, go out in the most you know heroic or funny way that you can. 
and and fiasco has that during the during the um the denouement the the what the hell is it called the montage the ending montage right based on how you played the game your character is either going to die or i think one of the tables it says uh, worse than death <laughs> Um, when we played, I think my, my farmer wound up in the, in a really cheap nursing home with dementia and didn't remember his name. Oh, that is, that is potentially worse. Worse. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there are those games where you are, you, it's, in, it's highly encouraged. It's, uh, it's part of the game. Everybody kind of knows it's part of the game. I mean, the, I think the next step up is probably dcc dungeon crawl classics or mutant crawl classics any any of the goodman games yeah uh, you're gonna lose people in the funnel those games if you if you're playing the funnel you're gonna die um and then if you make it through the funnel you you know that life is cheap and 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 i think that works for dcc because character generation is so fast mm-hmm. uh, the games are fun but they aren't the long involved right it's it's not pathfinder yeah. where i've got a 400 page adventure path in six volumes that i'm trying to get through um you know it's it's a 20 page dungeon and if if i die on page 16 i had a good time and and it was lots of fun and hey what's we, in this basket oh my gosh t- there's an halfling in this basket can i play that yeah here you go here's a player <laughs> you found up tied in a basket keep going <laughs> We've talked about, I think we've mentioned the funnel a couple of times, and the the DCC funnel is, to my understanding, I when we played it, I got four level zero characters, and they're little half sheets, because DCC is pretty simple. Um, but I got four characters, and we ran through this adventure, and whoever was left at the end and did you know more than nothing uh, became level one. And then those characters are the ones that we've played a couple times more. But that was really fun because I had options for... I could try out a couple different characters and see which ones I wanted to try to keep alive. Um, and you're not really committed to anything, right? I mean, it's like, here, yes. here's four characters. It's like, oh, I have a halfling beet farmer. I have a human... Named Dwight. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well... I have a human beet farmer, right? We'll do Dwight Schrute. Uh, I have a halfling haberdasher. I have an elf uh, mushroom farmer. And I have uh, a blacksmith, human blacksmith. And here we go. And you're right. I mean, that's, you don't, you don't spend a lot of time being invested in your character's backstory. Uh, You just kind of play and you have a good time. I mean, Uh, you can spend time on it, but. Sure, but the the risk is that that character is going to open up a door and there's this big naked granite guy pointing at you and a gout of flame gashes from his finger and burns the you and the four people standing behind you in, into cinders. And everybody's down to three characters. Yeah, no, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Death can be fun. It it can, and, and it, but you have to... It's if it's built into the system, yes. And I'm gonna cough, so you might want to mute me here for a second. You, you mute. Me. <laughs> That's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, I don't have the. Um. 
but so so then I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of doing this by system, and I'm moving kind of up the scale from hey, you're supposed to die, death is fun, um, to you probably should expect to die, uh, and and then I'm looking at my shelf now, and I'm looking at you, Call of Cthulhu, <laughs> where, um, I, one of one of my really good friends who plays a lot of Call of Cthulhu said if you reach for the gun. Or if you put a gun in your inventory, you're you're just you're gonna wind up shooting yourself. Yeah, that's the the worst than death. Most of those are worse than death. Right. Yep. The most of those are worse than death. Um, but that Call of Cthulhu is another game you can. It's it's not implicit in it's not implied in the rules, but you should infer it from the theme. Right. You're playing a horror game. Right. right. Most of the things that you're you're coming up against are your character has no knowledge of them. They're resistant to physical damage. They generate sanity loss. Like you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's supposed to be that you know nightmarish crawl through hell. And and part of that drama is losing someone along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it can be. It can be novel. I was gonna say it can be good, but that's not necessarily right. Uh, it can be novel. It can be something that brings a group together, yes. or pushes yep. them forward from a particularly bad spot. Sometimes it's just tragic. Um, sure. I uh, in <clears throat> I think I mentioned it in an earlier episode. But I, a while back in my main campaign, uh, Katrana, the druid, was exploring in a lake where there it was rumored that there were mermaids, and so she wild shapes into an octopus. Um, it's magic, yeah. so freshwater yep. octopus. Yeah, I talked about this a bit. Yep. So, so she goes out into the lake, uh, you know, maybe... 250 feet below the surface octopus not stealthed or camoed uh gets attacked and fights with a, a marrow that defeats her um and rescued at the last moment by mermaids and the party joins with her again later but um she didn't know what was going to happen from that and i didn't expect um I didn't expect for her to get caught out, and I didn't expect for her to be killed by a single marrow. Uh, so, or I think a, a nearby future episode, if not the next episode, is going to be fudging rolls, because I think that that plays in pretty heavily, uh, especially when you're dealing with something as, as strong as fudging something for a death. Um, not that there were roles that had to be fudged there. That was, oh, you're you're dead. Start making death saving throws, but don't worry about it because the mermaids are right there. You're just unconscious and you don't get to know that for another week. Um, and she was uh, Callie, the player who plays Catrano, was pretty pretty upset by that. Um, to be fair, it is her like first. Uh, tabletop roleplay game character that she's been able to get really into and spend time playing, uh, and that can be pretty crummy. Sure, um, and and that's kind of in in and that's kind of where I'm at, kind of in my list of, hey, you should die if you're playing this game. To 
death death <laughs> death isn't funny anymore um is is when we get into things like savage worlds pugmire monkeys or mao 5e pathfinder starfinder traveler i mean there's there's a whole group of of games where you make your character and you roll the dice and the dice kind of determine whether you live or die um and, and that's more or less right and and that's and that's that's that in my mind that's kind of the the big middle right you have you have a, a bunch of games a slew of games where it dying is fun uh you have some games where you're playing the game and and dying is not unexpected right like call of cthulhu mm -hmm. uh and then you get into your standard tabletop rpg families uh where dying sucks well it does it I think that that is a uh, misconception. Really? It, it might be the popular attitude, but it's a misconception. Yeah. Because, like, if yeah. you're playing... So so all of it, right, it doesn't necessarily matter what genre or system you're playing. Because even, uh, you know, you take the most lenient DM in Call of Cthulhu, and even he'll be, oh, okay, the Shogath doesn't tear you apart but you are very very hurt like like you can I, it's definitely more dm dependent i think um okay yeah well i, th I think it's table dependent because the oh, dm sure, has sure. a story but if you've got a rules lawyer at the table and they're like no no man he just he just tanked his last death saving throw he's out Right, uh, then you just like, homebrew something if you right. need to, right? Like the, the mermaids rescuing Katrana. Like, yep. uh, okay, that happened. But then there are a few, and and I'm, I've only played a couple, um, and 7th C 2nd Edition is one of them, where it takes a, it takes an, a tremendous amount of resources to kill a player character in 7th C. Hmm. In fact, during your uh, session zero, when you generate your character, uh, one of the things you'll talk about with your GM is how you see your character dying. Well, okay. Could I just say I don't like they're going to retire and die in a? Absolutely. They're they're gonna they're gonna retire to a villa in Castile. Uh, and drink wine and play with their grandkids and reminisce about the good old days uh, with their friend. Uh, and you're like, yeah, okay, cool. That's if that's if that's your goal uh, for your character, then uh, we'll we'll try to work that story towards that angle. Now, you might a lot of people say, oh, it takes the risk out of it, right? I mean, the I, well, I this weekend uh, or this this Monday. Uh, my character got knocked to zero hit points and, and was going to make her first death saving throw until the paladin re reached over and slapped a uh, lay on hands on her. Um, and and that was exciting and, and fun. Uh, the, the difference with 7th C is that you can, as a GM, I can kill a character, but... 
I have to have done a tremendous amount of damage to them. I have to have a villain, an actual named villain. So, so in Seventh Sea, if you're fighting a bunch of unnamed brutes on the pirate ship and, and the pirate captain hasn't shown himself yet, unnamed brutes don't kill heroes. They knock them out and they bring them to the evil boss. It's, it's very cinematic. It's okay. very – if you've seen The Princess Bride – uh, you've watched the Seventh Sea Adventure. All right. Okay. Wesley never dies, right? And neither does. Um... Right, 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 right. It's that the movie vibe. Right. It's definitely cinematic. It's definitely got that movie vibe. Um, but you can a GM can murder a PC, and it's actually there's a whole chapter in the rule book about murdering PCs. Uh, you have to spend a danger point out of your danger pool. Uh, you only have one danger point per player character per session. Okay. Now, there, there are mechanics to give you danger points, just like there are mechanics to give heroes hero points. Uh, but I have to have a danger point. I have to have a named villain in the scene, and your character has to be incapacitated, and then I can pay a danger point and, and kill you off. So very... Huh hard uh to kill uh player now if you make if you make bad rolls the the story just keeps getting harder and harder to finish but you don't die right you may oh you're gonna spend the next two years in a castilian jail because you know you you were at the party and you you insulted the the clergy and somebody found out and now you're in jail for two years it's like damn this is really, you know, this is holding my story back. Yeah, sorry, you, you're in prison for two years. Um, huh. The rest okay. of the party, what are you doing? Well, he's in prison for two years. It's like, oh, damn, are we going to wait for him or are we going to go do something else? Right. Um, but again, that's, that's the way the system was architected to give people that cinematic exp- where I'm, I'm the hero, right? There's no alignments in, in the game either. You're always good, right? Um, and if you do bad things, you take corruption. And if you take too much corruption, you become an M- NPC. The GM just takes your character away. Like, give me that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, you mentioned that that's something that would come up in session zero. And so I think talking about death, or at least at least having it come up in session zero, as you are deciding what system to play and how you want the game to kind of go as a group. Um, because right, you could decide, hey, we don't want to deal with death. We want a cinematic experience. Um, we'll, we'll play 7C. Or, you know, we, we want to play 5E. We're, we want that in 5E, which is how I tend to, to kind of run my, my games, is I've got a, a large overarching uh, story that I would like my players to be able to, to live through and, and, you know, ideally become the heroes of. Uh, sure. And so I'm not, you, you know, first and foremost, as the DM, it's not players versus DM. It's DM creating a world that is against the players. So I'm not there to try to, to try to kill them. I'm there to be the dragon that is trying to kill them. Um, and, and, that's, and that's very table specific, too, because my group, um, they're... We we joke, 
we we actually out of character joke about what's my oh crap i i failed my savings you know I, i'm at half my hit points uh no this this monday like i i got knocked off my centaur who who is my <laughs> ma- de, de facto mount uh knocked to negative hit points and um and i go well i think i'm gonna play a rogue next like the and, and <laughs> the standard response in the whole group like you botch a role in the middle of combat and any one of the players i play with will start saying you know i think next time i want to be what's the turtle race those guys are cool maybe i'll play one of those <laughs> and and it, it it's but that's the way that the whole the table we're playing on roll 20 but i always right. say the table but that's but no, that's the vibe at the table is you know the the chips fall where the chips fall and the dice love you some nights and the dice kill you some other nights and then it just gives you a chance to explore a different character like yeah yeah i've got a backstory for my character and i really enjoy playing her and the rest of the party uh, really enjoys having her around um but they enjoyed my tabaxi monk who lost a bar fight uh to the death uh so uh he he was hilarious and everybody had fun with him because he had a really high wisdom and a really low intelligence so he would say these really wise things but then take some instructions very literally um like the the guards asked us to find out how many people were in this this unregistered thieves guild so what does steps on tail do he walks up hey how many guys are in this house (laughs) <laughs> what the hell are you doing guard asked nice. us how many people were in the house <laughs> uh, but and, uh, and he, he's gone he's dead right and and he died because the the dice did not favor him on that in that one combat scene so yeah so it's it's a way to you can shuffle characters around um you can, yeah. I, I don't know. I like I like trying to put the positive spin on it. Like it gives you, I, and you said it was a, you know, it's sort of a at the table thing for you. But I think all of my players have very different uh, thoughts and feelings about what would happen if their characters died. Katrana would be out of sorts, and I feel like Callie would want to take a break for a week or two and like figure out what she was going to do next. And then I've got. Uh, Thornton playing a Thorion, the warlock bounty hunter, and if he dies, he's got six other characters like ready to go that he could play. Um, and then there's Connie the Bard, and if he died, uh, I don't know. I I don't know if James would like tr- want that to not happen, or if he'd be fine with it if it was heroic. Um. So I, all of my players are, are pretty different in how they would feel about it. Uh, but I don't I don't hand wave it by any means. Like it's still um, I still try to have things be threatening and dangerous without it being okay. Here's a every encounter is a lethal encounter. Um, and it, again, I think that that's a, a session zero chat where if your party wants the the darkest dungeon grueling uh what's the like not gothic realism but they've got a 
like gritty realism rules in 5e for for rests where you can do like one long rest a week and then normally one once a day long rests are considered to be short rests something like that um but you can do that if that's what everybody wants in that session zero um but like i said i try to i want my players to get through the story so i i do medium to hard encounters um and i've dropped they've 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 gotten pretty close um most recently when i was talking about it there was a an assassination attempt on connie the bard and he dropped exactly to zero hit points and was saved uh so the threat of death i think is is more of the dm tool um so if we're trying to give dm tips it's the threat of death more than death it's more more than that character being dead um that helps to give those feelings to a party that probably doesn't want their characters killed. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean that's it's this is this is totally a session zero. Look around the table and say, how invested are you in this character? If you had to switch out characters mid-story, do you have a? And this is the other thing: do you have a good plan for that? Because oh, sure. if you're playing Curse of Strahd and you're in Strahd's castle and you get dropped to minus five times your hit points and you're done, then, oh, that's our cleric and he's and he's dead. What what are we gonna do? <laughs> you gone. Um, and and sure, I mean there there are, there are ways as a dungeon master to handle that. Um. Uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's actually, what we're talking about. So, what do you? What would you do? So, so this is exactly how I entered uh, the Curse of Strahd game. Was I played a dwarf cleric? Uh, a he was a chaplain, military chaplain of of Moradin, and he was fighting Drow in Faerun. And the Drow did a dimensional door underneath him because, right, raid one hundred and one. Who do you kill first? The, the healer. Casters. You get rid of the healers, uh, so they dimension doored me to Barovia, and I got I wound up <laughs> stuck in a call. What a place to get dimension door! Here you go, boom! Dimension door to Barovia, and it's like son of a bitch. And so the party—that's how I got introduced to the party. They rescued me uh, from this, this coffin. So they just hear this. Hey, let me out! Let me out! And, and then <laughs> He looks pissed. <laughs> nice. That's and, rad. We had we had one player whose character died, and he was like, "Yeah, I I I need to take a break." Yep. And uh, uh, and then I was like, "Yeah, I can fill in for you guys and uh, and throw me in." And then if my dwarf cleric, you know, I'm a dwarf cleric, lawful good dwarf cleric in fighting a a vampire. My life expectancy is probably not very high, so you know, if the other player wants to come back and play, cool. Uh, kill me off and, and if not then i'll just keep going with the party until the end of the adventure nice um, but that's and that's then and i guess when we talk about how to handle um how to handle that that's the other thing too as a dm you should be sensitive to is that after four months of playing a character if that character does meet an early demise or an unexpected demise let's say that player may need some time. Totally. 
right? Yeah. So, so that's that's something to to think about. And and again, I'm not I'm not telling people to fudge rules. We'll talk about that next next show uh, to keep somebody alive. Um, but if you do wind up, you know, everyone's agreed. Yep, player death's a, a thing on the table. It keeps the game exciting. And this thing has happened. Um, that pl- the human player might not be back for a couple of weeks as they process the law. Lo- it sounds silly, right? But process the loss. No, it's, it's the it is. It's the the cycle of grief and and the process of mourning. Because it's uh, yeah yeah you become attached to these characters. Like it's like crying in a movie because somebody dies. Like it. it sure. Sometimes when the writing is good and the actors are all present and you're immersed and something tragic happens, it you know it's pretty human to have a human emotional reaction to that. Right. And and so don't I, I guess as a DM, what I'm saying is, if you kill off, if a character gets killed, I'm not going to say you killed the character off because that's accusatory. But if a character right, not... killed, I wouldn't as a DM be offended or upset or put pressure on that player to show up at the next session. Okay. Hey man, I'll see you next Monday. It's like, yeah, my, my character just died. So, you know, I, I've got six days now to think up a new backstory, generate a new character, and then try to work with the DM to figure out a good way to get the character into the story. Mm-hmm. Plus, uh, whatever uh, else you have going on in your real life, which yeah. during a time like this, for example, people have a lot. Work, family, school, you know, cl- other clubs, sport, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's that's a, that's a big that could be a heavy lift. Right. And, you know, give that player give that player some time to process the loss and then to start thinking about what what do I want to play next? Right? Yeah. In our group, we 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 expect to die, um, and we all we all enjoy playing different characters, right? Um, I don't I don't think there's any of us that are really typecast to a specific type of character. So we we sure. we're all over the map, right? Um, so when we lose a character, we've already kind of got a. Oh, I really would like to play this, you know. I've I've been I've been on a, a roll of evil characters for quite a while, so I <laughs> I think if uh, this gem counter meets a early demise. I might wind up playing a good character just to throw my my group. <laughs> just... I'm gonna I'm gonna play neutral good because that's crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna be a half elf druid. <laughs> what? What the hell? <laughs> yeah, that Jackson, doesn't sound like you. Good? Shit! What? What's going on? The world's gone mad. Oh, the world I... has gone. I think that's something that I might need to to talk about with my group at some point, because your group seems like, oh, you died, that's fine, haha. Um, I not tried to, but uh, when Thornton wanted to transition from the the barbarian to the warlock, we had talked about it for a little bit, and he was like, hey, if if Zazbit that barbarian dies, that's okay, uh, just let it be epic. And they're on. Uh, they're at a place called the Island of Terrible Lizards, and they're putzing around in open wasteland in the middle of the day. And they get attacked by a rock, and the rock scoops up Zazvit, and the party goes after him because yeah. they don't want anyone to die. Right. Um, 
they, they've kind of got that they've got a little bit of death adversity and not that I feel like I need to kill somebody to set the tone um, but it would have been okay if Zazvit died there and instead I had a party of level 4 characters chase a CR11 rock uh, a couple miles into the mountains Ooh. to find yeah. its nest and it was a mess it was a mess yeah yeah. Um, so like things should be scary and death should be a threat and uh, even with a party that is uh, death averse um, it's good to have it's, it's good to have that looming sure yeah um, I, I recapped my, my last session here at the beginning uh, where Nana the monk rogue character Dave was playing pieced out um <clears throat> and we've had uh, a couple characters leave the group that way um and that isn't a death but i i wanted to to bring it up and talk about it again because it it feels like a death to some people sometimes um and so even if you don't have a character leaving the game because they're dead uh having a character leave a group is uh my group struggled with it a bit um the first person to leave was clue uh the fatherly but simple dwarf blood rager who managed to um surprisingly sneak out during a night at camp and and left a pile of small trinkets for somebody but the the next day and the rest of that session was oh man clue's gone and everybody's like looking over the notes that he left and the trinkets that he left for them. It felt like 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 a wake or something. Wherever like, oh, you guys remember this about Clue. I wonder if we'll ever see him again. It felt very funerary. Um hmm. And so I think if you have characters leaving, that that is that 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 character, that player works with the DM to make it um cinematic if that's appropriate or meaningful uh or arrange something like yeah it's okay if my character gets killed um and maybe i should have just pulled the trigger and you all see his lifeless body carried off by the rock that could have been okay um, yeah i mean that could that could have been you he tear he's been torn in the rock lands on him tears him in half rips out half of his innards leaves a pile of small intestines and then flies off yeah <clears throat> yep that would, have, that would have solved your we've got to chase after this thing <laughs> like no he's he's gone they probably still would have because they would have been like oh we can resurrect him somewhere <laughs> like and, and and that's and 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 not to not to advertise for evil characters but that's one of the places where an evil character can really kind of help the story along can help the rest of the group to survive by not doing something foolish. The other, where the good characters are like, he's one of us. We've got to save him. And the evil character can go, okay, look, you saw him torn in half. He is at least 500 feet in the air. I can't even shoot a bow half that distance. And the thing is, look, you can't even see it anymore. It's flying away so fast. <laughs> and you went through that jungle to get the body no no I, i'll wait for you right here in fact i'll put some coffee on so when you guys come back <laughs> you'll have something nice to drink um Man. 
Where were and you when they chased the rock? <laughs> I am not in your group. <laughs> no. Um, and I don't know. If, I don't know. It doesn't sound like an evil character would do really well in your group. No, no, it would be. That would start a whole <clears throat> argument, right? Of why can't you help? What's wrong with you? It's like I'm helping you right now. Like I'm saving you from I, a I, thirty mile death march. Like, come on. <laughs> you would you would draw the the bard's ire to the point where he would like be casting friends or suggestion on you. There would be PvP roles involved. Like, sure, absolutely, to- yep. totally would be. Um, it could be really good for my group, but, <laughs> but that's not the, see, is, again, it goes back to, to session zero a little bit. That's not quite the fantasy that, that they want and expect from the adventure. So, because that's not the, they, they want to be, it sounds like you're, you're playing a very seventh C style cinematic. Everyone's a hero. Everyone's good. We're trying to do this epic thing. Um, mm. A lot of my my group is much more tactician realistic. Like, okay, what would really so you're in this place and there's four guards and there's five of us and they don't want to back down and they might call their friends. Like what's really gonna happen here? Like there's a lot more of a like a realistic a realistic approach. Approach in, 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 in the Monday groups. So Yeah. So it, realistic it happens if it's you know we're not looking we're not looking to be epic heroes we're just looking like my characters uh looking to make some money and and to to bust some heads when she needs to yeah yeah i don't think everyone in my group is an epic hero uh but there is a general air of heroic fantasy to the adventure because some of them are definitely not heroes (laughs) Um, so have we we talked about what player death is, right? Yeah, yeah. And character and death. Some, character death. We're not talking about player death. Not human death, right? We're talking about character death. Yes. Um, and we talked about some ways to handle it, right? Replacement characters is is a is a great tactic. Like if in my group, replacement characters is kind of the norm. Like I'm dead. <laughs> I'll, I'll rule and and we're really good about you know maybe i'll take a week off and i'll roll something up over the week and then you know the next week i'll have something ready to go uh so that's replacement characters are not a bad idea uh yep. just the grief period you gotta allow the grief period allow the grief period um try to fit the new character in in a way that fits with the story not just like Hello, I am Galstaff, Sorcerer of Light, and I'm just happy to be here for seven months while you guys were messing around in Port Naranzaru and slogging through the jungle. But here I am in some random place for no good reason. Um, yeah, that always kind of bugged me um, when that happens. So, uh, as a DM, work with the player, work with the table, and figure a way to get the new character into the story. Uh, in a way that makes sense. Now, that can also drive some fairly good role play uh, because the new character shows up and they don't know what your party has been up to for the past year, right? So right. now at the tavern or at the campfire or back in the in the tent, wherever your party hangs out for their long rests, 
well, we got to tell the new guy about the sorcerer, the, the troll under the bridge, because, you know, to get here, we had to walk over this bridge. There's a troll under it. And, you know, we tricked him the first time by throwing a, a goat at him. Um, but we're <laughs> goat, so we're not really sure how to get by him on the way back. Um, and it's like, oh, crap, I didn't come that way over the bridge. I came down the mountain pass. Um, I'm glad you guys told me about the goat. Or, you know, they could tell stories about their their previous adventures. So that's that's also not a bad um, – it's not a bad thing when you introduce that new character. Now, yeah, no, some, it can be good. Some groups get a little hand-wavy, like, okay – during this long rest, I'm going to sit down uh, chappy and tell them all about why we're here in Barovia and who, why we don't like the gypsies. The opposite of, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, the party doesn't like gypsies. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. And and <laughs> I could, I could sense that the DM was a little disappointed because we've been playing him. This group had been playing for a long time, and they'd have a lot, lot of exciting things that had happened. And and one of one of his other one of his players had summed it up in like two lines. Yeah, we don't like gypsies, and we're here to get rid of the vampire. The okay. opposite of that is when you have a player join, and your player, your sorry, not a player. Uh, you have a player switch characters, uh, and the other characters are two. Uh, paranoid or scarred from previous encounters to be like, all right, there's this new guy. Let's corner him in a tavern and interrogate him. And then when he tries to follow us, we'll yell at him for it. Like, you get the, we we don't oh. want somebody new. Well, yeah. you might need my help. You're not, you're not part of this group. Um, that's That's why I like to... To incorporate that new character, I, I I don't like the tavern like thing. I like I like the the bad guys tied me up and stuffed me in this basket. Thank you for letting me out. Kind of sure. kind of encounter. Yeah, like uh, meeting on the as part of the adventure. You know, part you of the get, adventure. You get to the cave mouth and there's somebody else. There's this elven ranger there with a small fire and a pot of tea cooking. Oh, I didn't expect anyone else to be hunting this thing. Right. Or if you if you do wind up back at town, um the the quest giver or the the local constabulary or the the king or the queen or whoever where where's your companion? Oh no. Well, you can't go shorthanded. Take one of my knights, clerics, mages, druids right what have you uh, that's the, you know that's the the authority saying i'm i'm sorry for your loss let me contribute to this by by gifting you uh, another another member of your group and and then it isn't you know you could tell yeah i could tell the queen i don't need her yeah her best night eh, no way man get the hell out of here we don't want you we're, we're gonna give ask you a bunch of questions and not let you follow us around it's like yeah he <laughs> says this is her best night or this is her this is the the night in her in her retinue that needs needs an epic quest to become you know a, the queen a member of the queen's guard so sure that giving that kind of we've got to new... go 
we've got to go oh. into this tomb, and this wizard has to collect some bone dust there anyway. Right. I like that. The quest lead-in. Yes, and so you're not really kind of, you know, just like, hello. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and then, you know, there's a new guy in the tavern, and he's looking at you, and he might want to go on your quest. It's like, sure. yeah, I, I, I would be suspicious of, of that. And if we're, if we're back in real life, it's like, who are you and why do you want to walk around with me? And you know, we're going to, we just lost a friend. Like, <laughs> right. You might die. You might die. We might die. If I die, I don't know if I want you inheriting my stuff. Like who, who are you kind of thing? So, so that's, that's, that's another thing to kind of think about is when you incorporate that new character, make sure that there's a, a story element that helps them integrate with the party. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that'll that'll keep your adventure and your and your game on track, and you won't spend two or three sessions of who is this person and why are they here and what do they want and they're not they're not Connie the Bard, right? They're they're right. some other, and we miss Connie, and this person is not Connie, so you know, or steps on we miss steps on tails, and this this person is totally not steps on tails. Yep, I did that a little bit when we were transitioning from the the bard to the warlock there, where they were on the island and they were getting picked up, and it was like, well, this is kind of a good place to leave you because you didn't end up getting killed. So he decided to stay on the island, and the other character joined in uh, pretty immediately. And I I feel like if I if I could go back and do that again, I think I would have them join a session later and had had thought out a little bit more of a, a hook to get them together like that. Um, it was kind of that way when Connie joined my group too. Um, <clears throat> I, think I, I think I was trying to be more accommodating to the players at that point. Um, well, you've got to balance that out, right? You don't, you don't want to say, hey, cool, you're going to play D&D with us and you're going to commit to one night a week for the rest of your natural-born life and then <laughs> and go, Next week, I'm sorry, we're it's just not the time for your character to join. Um, right, right. You you want to get that character in. It's just a matter of thinking through kind of the story and what makes sense. Yep. And I just didn't have enough time to come up with something really good, which is not like me, but it happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you want you want stuff to happen quickly and. Let's go back to what's the what's the rule, right? What's rule number one in almost every single roleplay game? Is everybody having fun? Is everybody having fun, right? So e- even if you you it was a little disjointed, is the party having fun? Yes. Yes. Okay. So then you're you're fine. You've done a good job. All right. Cool. I also think that not having the threat of death can be that that fun bit, and, and we talked about it a bunch. Session zero, figure it out. Um, yeah. But even so, I I played a uh, I didn't mention it at the beginning, but in addition to the main session, um, I played a solo session with uh, with Thornton as Zazvit, that barbarian that got left on the island, um, because during the first arc of the story, he had some interactions with a demon who was doing something related to the books that they had been finding. And at this point in in the world, in the calendar, um, where the main party is, uh, there are things that are going to start happen, uh, things that are going to start happening. 
and in order to know exactly how some of that worked, I had to know where this demon was, and this demon was was going to interact with Zazvit. So I had to play a session with that character with his old with uh that player playing his old character. Um and I I threw two CR four monsters at a level five barbarian and uh he he shredded them. Uh I think they got him not quite to half, but uh, he he was pretty tanky. Um but at the end he was like, hey man, that was really fun. That was that was a good session. So despite not having too serious uh, of that threat of death, but still giving a moment to be that that heroic. That my party's very, you know, they want those those heroic moments. Um, so he got that, and he had fun, and I knew that the threat of death was pretty low, um, but it was good. And so I think having things that maybe. Death doesn't always have to be a threat for encounters to to feel good, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and that and that's one of the, I think that's one of the things I I really enjoy about Seventh C is is that there while there's no fear of death, um, the characters have objectives. They they have a story uh that there's no experience points in 7c you you have a story and when your story is done it leads to whatever you wanted to do to level up does that make sense i think so so if you let's say you you want to increase your wealth right you you and the gm come up with a this is a three step story that will help you get two additional wealth okay okay um and so you have a story you you have a goal as a player character that you're trying to reach to um and as you achieve those story objectives you check them off right um you're not gonna die but your 22 year old uh swashbuckler uh from castile uh, you don't want to play until you're 40 to get those two wealth points. <laughs> sure, right. You want to re- re- retire sure. early, right? And and maybe and maybe that particular character is gonna die in a duel defending love, right? That's again, these a lot of these characters have very epic endings, um, and so before that happens, you still want to get your two wealth points down. So you're you're working towards that objective. Uh, you're not gonna die. Uh, but the stories might, the dice and the and the and the play might take you in a direction that's just going to make that more and more challenging. Right. Right. And I and I think that's the the goal. I think that's a lot of these games. Um, it's the challenge and that the the penalty. Right. If you can't really have a challenge without a penalty. Uh, the penalty in lots of games is you're done. Your your character is passed on and. And and you're you're sorry, but I think you've got a lot more than you're done. You know, there's the matter of whatever you were doing in the world still needing to be resolved despite your death. Sure. Like it wouldn't be the it doesn't affect the world that one of if one of my characters in my my game dies, you know, like 
their family will mourn them, their friends will be bummed out, but it doesn't change anything that's happening with the forces that are threatening everything. So, hmm. Okay. And, and I, I, I think you, uh, since you've been talking also about Seven C a bunch and how death is rare and requires a villain, um. And I'm I'm thinking about this, you know, uh, within the frame of my own game, in that, um, they they are getting out of that fledgling adventurer zone into sort of local hero status, and I, I think I I think that I am writing it to be similar to Seven C, and that as you get closer and closer to the end you have a greater chance to die. Um, in my game, things are becoming more dangerous, and in something like 7C, the villain is becoming more prominent. Yes, yeah. Well, and I, and I think that's your, your... If you look at... Even if you look at, like, the Skull and Shackles adventure path from Pathfinder, um, as you get into books five and six, the challenge ratings are much higher um the the risks are greater but the rewards i mean the the reward at the end of that adventure path is um you get to retire as a pirate prince right you get your own island you get a bunch of ships that are doing things for you like the the reward is is big um but that the the risk is is equally challenging mm mm-hmm. And and I think I mean and again I'm not trying to tell people they're playing characters wrong, but I, when I get to higher level like that, when I when I start to get to those, and and it's it's not going to happen in my group quite the same way, but you know when I start to get to level nine, ten, eleven, I want to hire people. Like I want to hire a, a level one two fighter to walk sure. around and and fight with me. I want to hire a, a level one two bard to throw me inspiration. Like in in it's it's more it's like the real world right i mean that's my dm back in back in high school hated me because when i played tomb of horrors it's like well i'm a i'm a level 14 cavalier like i'm a prince i have i have six men at arms and i have i have all like we're gonna i'm gonna take my laborers out of the field and stop growing turnips for my dad and go find you go to this mound where there's supposed to be this dungeon and start digging in holes and sure. and he's like in my dm was like you're gonna ruin this whole adventure aren't you it's like no i'm not but i'm gonna execute my what i would do from the mindset of i'm a 35 year old prince of a small kingdom and i've got about 170 people that i can boss around at any one time like right. no i'm not gonna light a torch and gird my loins and draw my sword and walk into the cave that that's not how that works <laughs> just like that's not how it works in the real life like um elon musk builds teslas right well well he's the jackass on the assembly line he with the, doesn't with the, specifically yeah he hires people and he trains people and he has a vision and this is the vision i'm going on and and i i kind of i have always kind of played my higher level characters along the same route like if i if i'm a interesting 14 assassin am i killing people yeah maybe 
maybe I am. I'm, I'm not going to hire you to pay a level one to go do it and botch the job. I, I'm hiring you to do it because you're level 14. Like You're hiring me to whack another high challenge rating person. But as a level 14 assassin, I need a little protection because there's probably people out to kill me. So I'm going to need some employees. Uh, I'm going to need some staff. I have a massive amount of wealth, right? Uh, I'm also a stickler for Maybe. encumbrance in some of these games, right? Where if you have a household, like, who's dusting? Like, you're going to come back from your adventure and all the food in your pantry is rotten. There's a three-inch layer of dust on everything. There's no water in the cisterns and no one's cleaned the chamber pot, like, your house reeks, dude. It's like, oh, well, well, yeah, shit. it's up, upkeep, definitely. Sure, and but that's that's and and we're way away from character death now. So let's bring this back and talk about high level characters in another show. Sure, sure, because <laughs> I I was gonna go into a whole thing about how I do it totally differently as high level characters because they're the ones who get hired to do the things, and I don't want it to be like real life, so. Um, yeah. But yes, we'll we'll put high level characters as a separate. Uh, I'm putting that in the show notes now. Oh, I already I already tacked it on to the end there. Um, I, back said back to player death, but I. I think we're done. I think so. It's you know, uh, give give space, help integrate new characters, decide whether or not you want to deal with it at the beginning, before it becomes an issue. Um, and, and and help people through it who have to experience it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, losing a character isn't fun in most cases. Here's the other thought, right? I'm, I'll I'll throw this out. Sometimes it is the best way to get a party focused or to remove a problem. Oh, sure. And not and that's not a hey DMs go kill your problem player's character. No. That is that is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you've got a party that's very much putzing and they're kinda yeah, you know, motivation, right? Mm-hmm. Right? The, the 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 party's unmotivated, they're not really looking for ways to solve the problem. It's like uh, gosh, I've been in this dungeon for you guys have been in the dungeon for four months of real player playtime, and it's been like two weeks. You're out of food. Oh, well, I guess we better find a way out. You're starting to starve. Like, <laughs> right? Real, so real, real threats. Real threats. So and and yeah, if you do have a, and I'm not saying get rid of a problem player with a character death. I'm saying get rid of a problem character. So problem sure. players, you as the DM have to deal with in the real world. You you can't just kill them off and go, okay, man, dude, your your character is dead. You can't play here anymore. Um, that's that's not a really. That is a way to handle that. That is not. I wouldn't recommend that as the way to. I wouldn't recommend that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, deal with the person. Say, hey, look, your your play style is really not what we're looking for at this table, and. And, you know, you're making everybody else uncomfortable and your play choices are kind of questionable. You're, you know, you really got to stop cursing and touching other players, whatever it is. Yes. Right? 
Yes, useful. refer to the problem player episode for that. Right. Um, don't just kill their character and say, hey, you can't play here anymore. <laughs> that That's that's kind of a dick move. It is. Um, that's lame. But if you have a character who's not working, right? Um, you had and, a, a dwarf gunslinger? I did. I had a dwarf gunslinger, and he was not working. He was just... He was uh, a sailor in a jungle. He was, he was, so he was out of his element. Um, he didn't know why he was, we, we did, I did an okay job of integrating him into the group. Um, but then as a mid-level gunslinger without magical guns, he was um, tits on a bull, <laughs> right? Totally useless. Like, okay, I'm going to shoot. Okay, half damage. I'm going to shoot. Okay, half damage. Okay, I'm going to reload. Okay, good. <laughs> the dwarf's reloading, and everybody else is fighting and doing active things. I'm going to shoot. Okay, half damage. I'm going to shoot. Okay, no damage. Yeah. I'm going to reload. Um, At that point, it becomes not fun, right? That was the... It, it was... I mean, the role play was good, and he was a good character, and I, I really enjoyed his story, um, but I just didn't... It wasn't... I wasn't having a good time. Right. Uh, and I talked to my DM and I said, look, I'm not having a good, I'm, I love playing with you guys, but this character is just not, I'm not good with this character. I want something different. Um, and then he said, well, you guys are, you know, when we took the break last, you were fighting. And I said, so my character's frustrated. I'm frustrated with my character and my character's frustrated that he's not combat effective. So he is going to go out in a blaze of glory. Like, Every, the the massive devils keep spawning through the gates and they've surrounded us and the whole party's climbed onto this massive stone statue to try to get away from the devils so they only have to fight one or two at a time. I said, there's the, the she-devil in the corner who's doing all the summoning. Um, my character is going to light the fuse on all the gunpowder for his, 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 uh, his muskets and jump into her arms and say, kiss me, bitch. Uh, and, ex- <laughs> and and the DM, he, he had that same reaction. He started laughing. He goes, that is awesome. He goes, he's like, do you have a new character to roll up? And it's like, I, I, I will, I will think about one after the session. Um, and, uh, and, and so he let me do it. He let me kill my character as a player. He, my DM let me kill myself, um, so that I could get a different character who is more effective and and better suited for the place where we were in the story. So nice. Well, uh, on that explosive ending, I don't know that I could think of a better way to end talking about player death than a story about a really good one. All right. So uh, this has been Set the Table Episode 9. Uh, if you have tuned in, thanks a whole bunch. If you would like to interact with us, ask a question, uh, comment, feel free to do so. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at jamscota 5 or you can follow and tweet at Red Hoodie Games. Uh, you can also visit redhoodiegames5.wordpress.com for alternating weekly content. Uh, last week, I had missed a couple weeks, so I posted a triad of tables for determining uh, random weather effects that had effects on players, so making your world a little bit more impactful. 
Um, and finally, if you'd like to uh, support us any more than just listening, subscribing, watching, whatever it is that you do, wherever you do it, uh, please visit patreon.com slash skoda, that's S-K-O-D-A, and any support, any comments, any love would be fantastic. Uh, that's going to do it for us, and we will see you next time. Are you going to say good day, eh? Oh, good day. Sorry, I thought you were you already hit the button.